Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome in, everybody, to the Pro Football Show for this Friday, May 29th. I am Chris Landry, and I hope this uh, finds you doing well and healthy. We had a little bit of a shorter-feeling week. We did podcasts on Monday and worked a normal schedule on Monday. However, it just seemed a little bit shorter uh, for some reason uh, as we head to June 1st. We are getting uh, closer and closer towards the, the latest word around the league um, Coaches getting in maybe as early as next week, trying to figure that in. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be virtual teaching for a while. Um, and, you know, we're probably going to get together with on-hands coaching uh, in, um, um, you know, in terms of uh, the training camp. Probably probably won't be before that. Um want to remind you to check out the latest on LandryFootball.com. Look, we've got our notebooks every day. We're a little bit behind as we had some uh, website maintenance issues this week. We are a little bit behind on kind of updating uh, our um, our roster breakdowns, but we're going to get back on that. Certainly the college stuff, uh, the draft stuff, the uh, college roster breakdowns, the NFL roster breakdowns, we got it all covered for you over at LandryFootball.com. So check it out today as uh, we've uh, got all the details. I want to remind you also that the great folks at 401k Generation are bringing you this podcast. They are the experts in financial planning. They are the experts in 401ks, IRAs, whatever it is that you need, they can help you with. Learning more about what you need is the key. Making sure that you're on track to your financial goals is the key. And if they can help folks and they're doing such a fine job right now in the current market, that's an indicator of what you're looking for. Basically a financial coach, a financial doctor, get your financial checkup today. And all you got to do is give them a no obligation call or text at one 998 5879 They're licensed in all 50 States. So it matters not where you're calling from. Give them a call at one 998 5879 so, Roger Goodell said he's hopeful that coaches are going to be allowed to return to team facilities as early as this upcoming week. 
Uh, it He did extend the virtual offseason by at least two weeks. Um, the league's not allowing any coaches to report until local law allows every coach to report. So they want to make sure that they're on target for that. But they're hopeful that that can begin maybe as early as next week, maybe, again, a week-by-week situation just depending on how things play out state-to-state. Uh, state. Some transactions of the day. The Panthers signed Eli Apple to a one-year deal. Um, obviously, the deal with uh, the Raiders fell apart, and um, he's been a little bit quiet on the market right now, but certainly played pretty effectively for a year and a half, a uh, year and change with the Saints. He's still young. He's still 24. He's uh, going to be 25 in three months. So he's a guy that can get a lot of snaps there uh, in that uh, defense. The Ravens re-signed Matt Judon to a one-year $16.27 million contract. He was a tag-and-trade possibility, but the draft came and went. Nothing happened there. So they went well over a month before coming to uh, an agreement. Um, You know, he's not an elite pass rusher, but he's got 24-and-a-half sacks over uh, three-plus seasons or three seasons. Uh, He's already gone on 28. so uh, it, it's it's a one-year nice offer. The franchise tag's worth sixteen eight. So basically, they just sign him to a deal, and it's an option for him at the end of the year and for the team to to um, to do a deal like this because it's basically the tag money. But you know, it's it's a, a, a an olive branch leaf of you know we want to see what you can do this year, and then also it's good for you. To your future, um, it's a rare compromise between player and an organization who played both outside backer and edge defender. Um, you know, he's going on 28, fresh off a really good campaign that resulted in 54 tackles and career highs in nine and a half and forced fumbles of four. Uh, we'll see. Likely going to walk at the end of the year, but we shall see. Over in Kansas City, we know that haven't begun quite the talks yet with Patrick Mahomes, but. It is something that they're looking at, um, and they have not gotten uh, a lot of progress made on a long-term deal with uh, uh, franchise Chris, uh, tag player uh, Chris Jones. So keeping him long-term, absent a long-term agreement for the July 15th deadline, uh, he's likely going to skip the majority of training camp. So to me, it's a priority, certainly getting a deal done with Patrick Mahomes, um, uh, and getting down that path is a priority as well, but those are a couple of uh, the latest from the Chiefs. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, talking um, a little bit about the coaches there in Arizona. They're excited about what he can bring, of course, but Hopkins thinks that he's going to have bigger numbers. Now, we shall see. He feels a massive need as a number one receiver for Kyler Murray and uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense. They want to run four wides and get the ball downfield. Their personnel last year made it difficult to do that. Hopkins changes that. He's a, he's a guy that's going to get um, a lot of looks. Um, and you know, But, yeah, there will be some similarities with the ability to extend your route, work back to the quarterback. A lot of the things he did with Deshaun Watkins, um, Don, Deshaun Watson, is going to fit the same mold with Kyler Murray. We shall see. Certainly he's going to miss uh, a great talent at quarterback, and it's really going to depend upon how Kyler Murray plays and progresses. 
as to how much better DeAndre Hopkins can be. I do think the offense is a pretty good fit. The Raiders have placed Nick O'Leary on the uh, NFI list, the reserve list. Um, he got hurt working out on his own. He was signed as off-season depth. It's not going to really hurt their tight end depth a whole lot. Um, assuming it's not a torn ACL or a ruptured uh, tendon, 27-year-old is um, likely going to get cut, cut loose and, and get an injury settlement. Uh, over in Baltimore, uh, Ravens coach John Harbaugh says he envisions a role for all four of his running backs, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, the rookie from Ohio State, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. Um, got four of them. So when you're talking about Hill, um, you know, he's a guy that can create a lot of big plays. Dobbins can do that. Lamar Jackson can do that. So they've got a lot of options there. And Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram is is the power to – the explosiveness of Hill and, and Dobbins. But uh, Dobbins can give you a little bit uh, of an all-around threat, as can Gus Edwards. So they've got some good talent there. No one runs the football with more um, effort, more intensity, and more focus than Baltimore. They absolutely do it better than anybody does it and more often than anybody does it. So um, having four backs – Makes a lot of sense. I don't know how many reps each will get, but it competition helps, depth helps, freshness at the end of games helps. So you could have maybe a closer or two that may factor in uh, in into some of their uh, their work there. Uh, also, um, checking in with the Lions contract year tackle Taylor Decker. Uh, has yet to receive a, a major extension, any kind of talks with the teams. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Um, he's a 16th overall pick in the 16 draft. He's been, uh, you know, on uh, the blind side for Matthew Stafford, and he's not been bad. He's not been great. He's uh, playing on his fifth-year team option. He's going to be 27. He missed the 19 season with a minor back issue. So he's an interesting guy to look at and study this year because his future's at stake, and certainly with the Lions and elsewhere, but certainly what they might want to do with him uh, going to depend a lot upon what he does this year. I want to finish up with the final three teams. I had some questions that I'm looking for for each NFL team, and maybe it's not always positive, not always negative. It's just things that kind of come to my mind. Not the big, not all the only thing, but maybe some of the things that are intriguing. So I want to get to the Bucks and the Titans and the Redskins, and that'll that'll be the 30th, 34th, and 32nd teams that we cover. Hopefully, you've had a chance to listen to all of them. Not you can go back and pop them in. But for Tampa, um, I'm really curious to see what they're able to do, and 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 certainly what. Bruce Arians likes to do is go vertical with his offense. But certainly Tom Brady working the backs out of the backfield is a big part of what he likes to do. And the ability to work the check down quicker is so significant. Um, how is that going to play out? You know, so you go in New England from Danny Woodhead to Shane Vereen to, to James White, they placed a high value on – pass down running backs. 
The third-round pick that the Bucks took, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, becomes a real intriguing guy. He had 60-plus yards rushing touchdowns, led Division One in FBS. Um, Ronald Jones, neither of the backs, those two backs, have surpassed 35 catches in a college or pro season. You've got uh, Ogobale. Um, going to be interesting to see. Uh, what can they do? discern from those two guys in the passing game? Uh, might they add someone after the second round of cuts, if not the first? going to be interesting to see. So I'm looking at that spot being so important. We know what they've done with the tight end, but the check down back, is he on there? Is he ready to blossom? Or do they need to find him? going to be interesting. Um, for the Titans, they needed a better Derrick Henry backup sidekick to help preserve the big physical between the tackers, Mauler. Darrington Evans is that. Third-round pick from App State, almost 1,500 yards rushing, 18 touchdowns. Um, <clears throat> he's a different type of back, like Derrick Henry, a different type of back than Deion Lewis. So... This is, you know, we talked about, you talk about the running game. We just talked about Baltimore and their emphasis on the run. This is another team that emphasizes the run more, the downhill run even more than Baltimore. But you've got a franchise quarterback contract and running back franchise tag. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Evans, Henry, keep them fresh. It's what they're going to do. And then long term, how this is going to play out. It'll be interesting to see because, again, um, you got a tag on Henry, so what's the future there? And then for the Redskins, um, thought they might find themselves a receiver earlier in the draft um, than round four, but they intend and are confident in developing Dwayne Haskins um, and certainly you wonder if they've got enough love Terry McLaurin I mean was the rookie of the year for most of the year offensively just was outstanding uh, they had 2019 six-round pick Kelvin Harmon and they took Antonio Gandy Golden from Liberty at uh, Haskins um, who ranked near the bottom in quarterback rating needs more than what he's been given. So certainly the emphasis on being able to run the football, work play action is there, but getting the right type of playmakers in the passing game to help him is also pivotal. Got a couple of questions here that Kevin asked. Uh, He says, the NFL competition committee tabled the fourth and 15th untimed down uh, possession play few months ago, I asked you about the idea of allowing teams at the beginning of a possession an option to move the ball backwards in increments of 10 yards. Then they would get an extra point added to a touchdown and yada, yada, yada. Uh, if you had to choose between the 4th and 15 or the team option to move the ball forward, backwards, scoring tweak, uh, let me put you – I'd choose anything over – I love you, Kevin. I'd choose anything over uh, the moving the ball backwards, scoring tweak. I, I don't – Again, I love you. No one sends better questions and better thoughts than Kevin. Nobody. Just, Kevin, that's the worst idea. I think it's a joke. I think you're just yanking my chain. 
That is so gimmicky. So, no, I don't even, I don't even, that's not, that would have no chance of passing, okay? And that would have no chance of even giving consideration. And, no, I look, I, I think that the untimed down fourth and 15 has some merit because of the percentages of onside kicks being converted. It has some merit. But the things you have about your option of moving back for extra points, that that is way too gimmicky. I don't think that has any merit at all, my friend. I, I, I just don't. God, I just hate the idea. Um, but I love you, Kevin. When you're evaluating defenses, how often do you assess that the wrong personnel package is on the field? Uh, it's like third and four, and they play nickel. What do you think they've been playing their dime pack? Well, well, sure, you evaluate all of that. And that's, that's of course, that's all part of evaluating the big picture, which is why, you know, I always say you have to be able to evaluate everything. If you can't evaluate coaching, you know, people – who evaluate personnel and have never coached, they may be able to look at a guy running around. They may be able to look at him making a play on the field. That'll stand out. But the untrained eye is not going to know whether the guy's in the right position or not or whether he's just fortunate to run into a play uh, or whether a guy on offense made a bad decision It makes a defensive like look guy look good. That's why, you know, you, in my opinion, it's why I always – looked and hired and trained guys that in scouting the coaching backgrounds. And I wanted guys, you know, in coaching, you know, you've got to understand all the aspect of where you're supposed to be. So the decisions on your personnel grouping, uh, assignment, effort, technique, and result. Sometimes you get the result, but the assignment may not be right. Well, you got to correct the assignment. You may say, hey, that's a great play on the ball. You took the wrong angle, and you didn't get the call right. Well, you got to coach that up. You got to correct that, because next time you ain't gonna run into it. I mean, a squirrel may find a nut every now and then. A blind squirrel, that is, a good squirrel will find a nut all the time, right? A blind squirrel may find it every now and then. Ain't gonna find it every time. So you got to correct it. So to answer your question, um, how often? Every time you, I'm always assessing assignment, effort, everything, because you can't do it correctly if you don't know what you can do. Now, you can, again, look at it. Well, this guy can really run. Okay, you know, but you need to be able to know the other things. You'll be able to know, can he run in the right direction? Can he do what he's supposed to do? you got to do the the background work on that, and then you've got to study it. And you have to understand it from a coaching standpoint. So all the time is the answer to your question. That's really good. That's a really good question, by the way. Um and then finally, Kevin asked, the defense that Jim Johnson implemented in Philly years ago was often characterized as innovative because of the exotic blitzes. Statistically, it was a consistently a top-tier defense. But isn't it true that elite quarterbacks could commit surgery on it if that defense was forced to play more of a coverage style than it became very average? Um, is it a correct assessment? Look, good defenses, innovative defenses, are not about a style or a scheme. It's about the ability to evolve. So exotic blitz looks are not new. It was it was the styles. I mean, it's kind of like 
Dick LeBeau zone blitz. That was more of a style that everybody implemented to some degree, which is zone blitzes. You may have a linebacker rush in a defensive lineman drop into an area. That wasn't prevalent before, but you've been having blitzes and exotic blitz package from different launch points for years and years. How do you do it? How do you mix it up? How do you describe it? Uh, how do you um, uh, disguise it? How do you, you know, change the launch points? Uh, all those things are key. Uh, the, the key in defensive football to defend the passing game is you've got to pressure the quarterback. You've got to force the, the quarterback to throw it before he wants to throw it. But you've got to be able to cover well. So if you've got a blitz package or any pressure package, if you can't get home, your coverage can only be so good for so long. So the worst-case scenario, if you blitz, you can have an exotic blitz package, but it's not about the how exotic it is. It's how effective it is getting home. And if you can do that, then you don't have as much time to have to cover. If you can't, then you're really in trouble because, you know, if they can pick it up, then you've got a lot of options. The thing that – I'll give you an example – if you look, that was before Jim Johnson. Some of the derivatives come from some of the stuff the Bears did off of their blitz package out of the 46. Well, how did people, you know, 46, well, they revolutionized it when they did. Why don't they do that now? Because everybody gets, you know, the West Coast offense and Bill Walsh and everybody that went into getting the ball out of the hands of the quarterback quicker, boom, you don't drop back as deep. It worked well against certain Offenses that were deep seven-step drop, nine-step drop um, passing games downfield. But when the ball comes out quick, you know, you can't get home. And, yes, so your point is really good quarterbacks could carve it up if you had the ability to work the short passing game to side adjust. Have not just quarterbacks. You can have a quarterback that's capable of picking it up. But do you have the backs that, you know, can um, get out quickly and adjust to the ball that's coming quickly with a lot of velocity on it and make plays? Do you have a receiver that can side adjust and run his route just well enough, coordinating with other routes to where it can get, uh, he can make plays with the ball coming out quick? you got to have all of that in addition to the quarterback. So it's a combination of all that that is really crucial. So, yeah, I, I would say that not the not just the great quarterbacks, but the really good offenses that could attack that uh, and get the ball out quickly, effectively, had more success. Some were able to do that, some were not. But that, the quarterback, you're correct, is where it starts, but it's not the only thing. For example, look at the degree of success that Tom Brady's had He's had more success when he's had more weapons around him, right? Um, in, just in his New England days. Same guy. He could carve you up. But there were times where he had better weapons than others in the passing game, and therefore the ability to make plays off of his quick decisions and quick releases, the results differed depending upon those people that were getting the ball. So some good thoughts there. Hey, if you got a question, send it to me over at LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris, and we will uh, – get it to you. So appreciate you joining you. 
joining us. Hope you have a great weekend. Be safe. Give the folks at 401k Generation a call. No obligation. Call or text one 998 5879 They're licensed in all 50 states. And check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest inside information from around the college, around the pro game. They are the experts. They're the ones you want to check into today. And uh, they, they're the ones that can absolutely uh, take care of you um, on, on a day-in, day-out basis to meet your financial goals. LandryFootball.com is where you want to go to get all the latest inside information from around the college, the pro game, the recruiting boards, the draft boards, um, roster analysis on college and NFL level. We got it all for you, so check it out today. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We'll talk to you on Monday on another edition of the Pro Football Show, part of LandryFootball.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.